Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Bowdis. On today's show, we brought on a special guest, Aaron Shine. Aaron's the founder of AttainableHome.com, a company that creates wealth and prosperity through building of modern, sustainable, and high-quality homes within reach of household incomes. Aaron has been in the sustainability space his whole career, has started and sold his own seven-figure Inc. 5,000-ranked company, and has been a real estate investor since 2009. Shine's experience is at the cross-section of energy efficiency, real estate investing, and personal finance. Aaron, welcome to the show. Thank you. So what's your background and what brought you to this concept for Attainable Home? Yeah, so um, ever since end of high school, college, I always really loved the concept or theme of environmental savings and business savings and social savings. I mean, in some circles, they call it triple bottom line. But I, I sort of dug into that theme early on. And through college, I went into uh, finance and real estate. That was my degree. And then uh, right after graduating uh, in Florida from Central Florida, went out to Colorado and my first job was was solar energy. And so it sort of got started from there. And that was a long journey. But what I do with Attainable Home now is sort of a culmination of, of everything I've gone through. So I'll go through a little bit more of my background. While I was doing solar back in 2008, it was really a little bit of a conflict for me because I love the environmental part. I love the investment, but it was still 22 year payback on your money, uh, even with rebates and tax credits and things. So sort of first job out of college and and it was great sales experience. But then I found actually energy efficient lighting, which was a three year payback on your money. So I went into that, joined a company in Boulder that went under in the 09 recession. We tried to sort of save it and I was laid off from that company. And then two weeks later, I, I started the energy efficient lighting distribution company and we took commercial lighting to e-commerce. And so was in lighting. That was a seven year building up the company, uh, had a nice exit. And through that time, I was always really interested in real estate investing and um, bought my first place in 2009 and just sort of went and wrote up that that last cycle after the 09 uh, recession there. And Attainable Home, after selling the company, I really got into learning more about the monetary system, traditional investing, not losing the capital that I had worked so hard to build over that time. Also, what's come up in the last few years is everyone's throwing around terms like net zero, sustainability. We're all probably seeing solar energy ads on YouTube and people knocking on our door and, and everything like that. And I just wanted to really simplify the entire thing to sort of prove that you could integrate traditional in, uh, real estate investing principles with sustainability and sort of clear out a lot of noise around the whole thing. That's when I got started with Attainable Home and just right before the pandemic started, bought a home in Florida, used the Burr strategy to use a bigger pockets term, uh, which is pay cash, live in it, renovate it, refinance it. And I so I included a typical fix and flip renovation 
and all, all the strategy around that and, and buying cash and then renovating and refinance everything. But I incorporated everything I had learned from efficiency and renewables to sort of keep the costs down. And there are a few things along those lines we can talk about too. Did you wind up selling that property or did you, did you keep it? No, I kept it. I refinanced it. I've got a great return and I can speak to a little bit of what the renter profile looks like in there too. There, there's some benefits there where it's sort of a win-win and more of a partnership than just a landlord tenant because they actually love the whole concept of the net zero and having solar and they can plug in their electric car and, and things along those lines too. Okay. And I guess before we go too much further, you, you mentioned net zero a couple of times. Can you maybe give a definition or what is net zero? Yep, absolutely. So the traditional term net zero means you produce as much as you use in terms of energy or gas. So you're a home electric bill or, or anything like that. And on the big sort of what you see in the corporate world and ESG and these these terms, net zero means the same thing. You produce as much as you use and therefore you have no emissions. So if we go back to this first project, how did you incorporate both the traditional kind of rehabbing it with that energy sustainability or efficiency or get it to that net zero? How'd you kind of integrate both of those into one project? The good news is a lot of it you can do without messing too much up in the home or doing things. I mean, there's so much out there in terms of like two foot hay bale walls and all this crazy insulation you need to do. And there's air sealing, there's switching out your HVAC system. And in terms of trying to really simplify it, because there's Energy Star, there's zero energy ready homes, all these government designations and everything, it's like to keep the budget from going crazy and making it making it appealing and comfortable and, and all the things we want living in a home, just built a calculator and started from you sort of start from this decision tree of what's the cheapest sort of DIY things you can do. And some things there are air sealing. So gap and air sealing is the number one thing that we can do because it's like a leaky boat. Your home is leaking all the time and air is coming in and out and your HVAC's working. And then LED lighting is a big one. And then just a little bit of habit changes, but we don't like to do too many of those. And so you just go through this decision tree of sort of basics of efficiency in sort of investment terms. You want to find out what your ROI would be, return on investment would be with your solar system when you purchase it. And that has to do with the size of the system, your utility bill, your roof facing, um, is it south, west, east? If you have shading, I mean, all the all the sort of things that go along with solar and then do every single efficiency item, at least in my in my mind, this is how I do it. You do all the low hanging fruit efficiency items up to the, the payback of solar and then you just add more solar instead of kind of destroying your house or doing massive projects. And on the first home, for example, that I did, it actually made more sense to add more solar than add a new HVAC system or even doing insulation because my number one goal was ROI and payback. And you get to the environmental goals anyway. Some people might want to do more environmental. So it just kind of depends on goals and, and everyone's particular home situation. For someone that doesn't have maybe the background experience that you have in this space, but they still want to see does a, you know doing a project like this make sense? Do they have to go and build their own calculator? Are there calculators out there? You know, where should someone who's really just coming at this from? This sounds like a good idea. I want to see if it works. Where would they start? Yeah, we we've tried. I mean, on, on our website, we 
put out a ton of articles and I'm in the process of actually building these sort of calculators now because they, I have not really found them out there to sort of simplify and, and combine all these in, into one. So I'm actually working on that now. But what we did do on the site is um, recently made an ebook that people can just download if you go to Attainable Home and they can uh, download that. And there's a bunch of DIY sort of cheap stuff in there or cheaper DIY projects that'll save a good chunk on efficiency. And, and you always focus on efficiency first because that's going to be typically lower payback and lower costs and adding a ton of solar. But yeah, that's the issue. And that's kind of why I started the company because this whole theme is, is very, very confusing, uh, even to someone like me who's done it their whole life. Now, the return on investment or the, the payback that you're talking about, is that more on the energy savings or doing these projects? Does it add value to the actual resale value of the, of the home? Yeah, great question. It does. The answer is yes. And there's kind of two parts to that. Um, and maybe in a bit, I can use the first home I did uh, with real numbers as an example. But um, yes, so a lot of it's going to be opinion. Like if you're trying to resell your home and you say it's energy efficient, zero bills, some people might care about that, some don't. But there are Let's take solar, for example. There are studies done by NREL, the National Renewable Energy Laboratories out in Golden, Colorado. Zillow's done, and there's some other studies out there um, that show solar on average adds about 3 to 4% to your home value. So that's just the solar piece. And then there's the actual, if you're going to live there for a long time, like I helped uh, my, my parents neighbor who asked what I was doing and, and she thought it was really cool. So I went, went over to her house and three months later, she was net zero. And she was not only really interested in the environmental impact of what all these, this saving or what this theme or project can do, but she's like, I just retired. I have fixed income now. Energy bills keep going up. Gas keeps going up, and then we can all look what what's even happened this year with gas prices and the war in Ukraine and, and utility bills. I mean, down here, at least where I'm at, everything's gone up. Utility bill went up 30% last year. And so it's a great way, much as you might think of like a, a bond or fixed income or stocks over time, um, over a couple decades of like average returns of 8 8, 10% or so after inflation or real returns, uh, this produces much of the same thing. So if you're going to stick around for a while, you can sort of lock in your energy rates now, treat it as sort of a risk-free bond, you know, besides hurricanes coming in, in which case you insure the solar and stuff like that. But yeah, a lot of it would have to do with whoever's looking at the house and what they care about. But that's why I also kind of default to numbers and thinking of traditional investing principles because it's like, here are the actual numbers. Here's your actual return on investment, which you can sort of translate to more value in one way or another. Specifically with the, the solar projects, the rebates and the tax credits that are out there now, are they still as good as they were? And are they still to the point where it makes sense? Because I know like someone who's not in this space, they get approached by probably someone looking to sell solar panels and they get a proposal and you know every proposal looks great on paper how do, do the proposals actually turn out to the return on investment after the project is done yeah so a, cu a couple good notes on solar specifically and it, it's again the last thing we we kind of do after efficiency because it is the most expensive mm -hmm. and it is also 
a big tripwire if you don't do it correct like that. And I'm with you. I've got people knocking on my door twice a week here in St. Pete, Florida. I was talking to my friend Stephanie last night who lives in Massachusetts, and I was actually helping her sort of using Google Earth to see her roof space and everything because she's like, people are mailing me things and knocking on my door and i have no idea what i'm looking at and what how do i even start to figure this out and and so that's what i kind of help friends do and but here here are a couple big notes on solar one you want to be very very careful about leasing or renting panels um, and another quick story on my first net zero house in Florida, when I went for the refi, the appraiser came in the door and I showed him kind of everything I was doing and all the upgrades and solar. Very first question he asked me was, do I lease or own this system? And that's because, in re- and he had been appraising for 17 years, and that's because when you lease panels, you actually create a liability on your roof that somebody else owns. And so within these contracts, and I'm not saying it's every company, but within these contracts, they can have crazy payoff amounts. It can be double what they actually paid for their equipment to put on your roof. And it's, it's essentially a form of a lien on your house. And it ju- that can actually detract from the value on your home and prevent you from selling it if something happens or refinancing or anything. So I generally, not in all cases maybe, but generally owning the system, whether you finance it or pay cash, is, is the best move. When you own it and finance it, you can just make sure your ROI is higher on the actual energy saving side than the financing side. Then it's a net. It's a net gain. You're sort of making money day one and you still own the system and have full control and have home value and everything. So that's a big one with owning versus leasing. The other ones, uh, the, the metric to take note on of, with solar to kind of clear all the noise out is cost per watt installed. If you call a solar company and just get a bid and things and and you could just say something it's like go into the car dealership like what's what's the out the door price like i don't i don't care about all these line items that's sort of what it is in solar it's cost per watt installed and i've actually sat in with friends in proposal presentations people come in your house and sit in your living room and it's pretty much the same thing that i was doing back in 2008 not much has changed They look very fancy and there are a lot of bells and whistles on them and all these upgrades and batteries and everything, but really about cost per watt. There's a lot more and every house is going to be different, but I think those two things could be a good start. And then for solar in general, you want south-facing roof, unshaded is the best efficiency. And then it's east. You lose about 5 to 10% if it's sort of a low-sloped east-facing roof because it's made of metal. The panels are, so they actually act like computers. They're a little bit more efficient in the morning when it's cooler. And then you go west, and then you generally want to not worry about the north side so much because the ROI is not there. It doesn't make sense. So, And then again, every house would have to be looked at a little bit differently. Yeah. Can we walk through one of your renovation projects and just kind of look at this from start to finish and lessons that you learned? What were you trying to, you know, going into it? What were the goals for it? Sure. Yeah. And, and I'll use um, actual numbers. So I was in Denver kind of looking at getting this concept started and I was looking around the country and I was like, what's a good area to look at? Because in Denver, the average home price is like 600000 So I looked back at my hometown in Fort Myers, Cape Coral area of Florida, and I found a 3 to 1800 square foot, which represented sort of the middle of the road average home in America. And I was like, okay, well, a good starting point would be a very clear, large south facing roof 
because if this all kind of goes awry and I get the efficiency all wrong with it, I can at least make up for it in solar. And I want to back up a second too. For me, net zero, I really wanted to set out and prove that you could not only power the entire house with solar, but power at least one electric car. So in my case, it's a Tesla Model 3, power that for the year as well with 10,000 miles a year. And so found a house in Florida, 200,000 right before the pandemic started. It didn't know the pandemic was starting. I mean, this was like getting started in January of 2020. And then I drove across country to move in there while the whole thing sort of unraveled and we were in isolation and everything. And I just started watching a bunch of YouTubes and, and mapping out what I was going to do. And OK, we do air sealing and gap sealing and and uh, what appliances need to be swapped out. What what does HVAC payback look like? How about the water heater? swapping that out to heat pumps. So that was a good six month project of just learning how to do renovations and things myself. And, you know, I don't don't claim to be an, a fix and flip expert by any means, but it's just working alongside contractors and, and handymen figuring it out. So we did blower door testing to figure out the um, leakiness of the house, which in some areas now is required by code for any major renovation or new new home. And so I put a hundred grand into it over over six months when I actually got the project started and then I refied it. So I want to state too these these numbers. It it turned out well because we had this sort of inflationary tailwind, and who knew during the pandemic that during the pandemic real estate would explode like it did, and so a lot of these mistakes. I, I want to be completely honest about they were covered up by the inflationary environment because if you're if you're going into a down cycle like now potentially where the interest rates are rising you do something wrong and your profit kind of evaporates it was very forgiving when i did it so and that's just pure luck so anyway um so i'm into it for 300 and then that includes solar that includes all the efficiency stuff i did and then i refined it at that point it was 2.99% on the, and I put 20% down on the refi, cashed out. And I think the refi value of it was 375 or so. And so I got some value um, and not others. Like the solar, maybe I got half back. The solar system was about 16,000 after tax credit. And they, they kind of gave me about half for that, but I made up for it in other ways, like energy efficient hurricane impact windows, which are big down here and, and so forth. So I got a bit of equity back. And then would you like me to go into the savings numbers on the actual efficiency solar? Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um, and these are 2021 year one numbers. I just redid this the other day because I have a full year of solar clocked in now to see how this actually turned out. So the home, we kind of modeled it for 1800 a year on the energy bill. That's what the house used. So I subtracted about maybe 20, 30% of that because of the efficiency stuff we did. And a big one that people should be aware of is uh, heat pump hot water system. So you just switch out your old coil tank with a new heat pump. And it's pretty much the same thing. It's a little bit noisy, but it's great to have in the garage or the basement. And that uh, for my 40 gallon here saves $400 a year in energy, which coincidentally is enough to power the Tesla Model 3 for an entire year. So it's crazy. I, you just swap your hot water heater, no more gas, and it empowers the car. And so we subtract out 
the efficiency savings and then I add back the car usage and then I just updated the numbers. So I compare this using like typical car miles per gallon that you would use in gas and electric rates and there are all sorts of variables. But at the moment, the house is saving now 1700 per year and houses in, in different utility zones or, or states and, and counties usually have like a minimum bill fee just for the hookup, just to be hooked up to a meter. And that way, the utility companies still get a little bit of money from you, even though you you pretty much wiped out your bill. So I subtract that out. So this house is saving seventeen hundred a year from just solar powering electric instead of from the grid. And then if you have an EV, let's say a, a Model 3 at 10,000 miles a year. You figure out how many watts it uses per mile and all this stuff. That saves thirteen hundred a year in gas. So if you have an EV plugged in, you're saving three thousand dollars a year. Just the solar ROI, at least in Florida, was twelve point six percent ROI year one, eight year payback on your money. Not too too bad. And, and the, that's the trick. You do you do efficiency first, and then your solar. You can spend thousands less on solar because you don't need as much. Um, if you finance it, you know, four or five percent, you still got a net there of, you know, five, six, seven, eight percent like a bond that you'll have forever. And I think it would help that people might know that the solar panels now really well built, 25 year warranty. They still produce about 80 percent efficiency after 20 years. So the solar tech continues to get incrementally better. And then the electronics have a I forget the warranty actually, but at least it's at least ten years on the inverters and stuff like that. So the equipment itself is very, very solid, and and you can kind of treat it like a fifteen, twenty year bond or more. And so when you add in the EV, for instance, on this one, it's a nineteen percent ROI year one, and then when you go out year five, the whole thing's about twenty five percent return, and then it keeps going better or it keeps getting better because of typical inflation and rate increases. But yours is locked in now. And then the other cool thing, one more number here would be factoring in the home value increase. So I, I just assumed I put 300000 into the whole thing, 3% gain on the home value, that's 9000 So the net, the net cost on the solar, when you subtract out the equity, is I'm showing 7200 here for the solar and sort of equity factored in, which is a 74% ROI year one cost for solar factoring in all the benefits. And so that's how that's how I kind of do it. And this is one of the calculators I built and how I look at it. But trying to, again, integrate the traditional real estate metrics. And and in terms of selling it, you know, I'm just going to keep it. People love the place. It's a great wealth builder over time. The uh, net zero stuff attracted better quality tenants. They love it. And and the numbers look better, too. And where does attainable home come in? Do you are you planning on being like a consultant to people who want to do these projects? Are you planning on raising money and doing these projects, you know, on your own? What what's the plan for the company going forward? Well, we've already got a big blog. There's about 500 plus articles on the blog. So it's really about just offering a lot of content for people because on a personal note, I'm not going to be living in homes or even doing flips myself. I'd rather really work with people either one-on-one. An online course is going to be coming in the future where I can kind of uh, sort of distill a lot of this and put it in a more digestible format. And again, to clear out and simplify a lot of the, the noise around this. And then just keep working with people who are interested in sort of doing this uh, themselves. And 
you know, I know you mentioned air sealing to prevent leaks. Are there any other like quick wins that someone can do? Maybe they don't want to do a full blown rehab or maybe not even solar, you know, putting solar panels on there or any quick things that someone can do maybe to maybe not get to net zero, but at least make some improvements. Yeah. So air sealing, it it can be a little bit messy, but that's going to be your biggest win, which is just getting a a few uh, things, a caulk at Home Depot or the the spray foam insulation cans. And you could go around your house and sort of you can even feel with the back of your hand where air is coming in and out Um, on Amazon for like 10 or 15 dollars. You can buy a hundred pack of little uh, rectangle insulation things where you can just unscrew your outlets real quick and put the insulation behind because every outlet has a giant hole that goes into your wall and that attic air seeps through or your heat escapes through that hole and your sockets there where you plug stuff in and goes up through the attic. So the home's very leaky by default, especially older ones. So anything you can maybe research on air sealing and gap sealing is is the first one. A really good ROI, uh, which is, it's more expensive. I mean, the heat pump hot water heater, in my case, was $1,750, but you're saving four or 500 a year. And up in the Northeast, I think where you are, all the numbers I'm talking about are 20, 30% better at a minimum because of your electric rates up there. If you have anything other than LED bulbs in your house, switch them all out to LED, your payback's a few months on that. Appliances and, and things like that are not real, unless they're broken or malfunctioning or not working correctly, they're, they're not really going to move the needle too much and they're, they're, huge, they're huge expenses. So don't worry about appliances too much. Smart thermostats save 5 to 10% a year if you use their learning functions. I mean, there, there are a bunch more. Uh, again, on the, on the website at Attainable Home, you can just go and, and download the ebook on the first page there. And I think I wrote, I think it's like 37 pages of, of things like this where I tried to answer this exact question where people can just pick and choose whatever they like. Great. Yeah, we'll link to to that on the show notes. Um, just about wraps up today's show. Aaron, I'd like to thank you being uh, for being on the show today. You gave some great info. Like you mentioned earlier, everyone right now, nowadays is looking for how to save money. How can they increase their return on investment? So I think the the topic is definitely uh, definitely timely. How best can someone reach out to you? Find out more info about you. More info about what um, Attainable Home does. Sure. Thank you. And, and thanks again for having me. It's been great. The website, again, is attainablehome.com. A bunch of stuff on there, including that ebook. Uh, my email's Aaron, E-R-I-N, at attainablehome.com. And Attainable Home is singular. And that's pretty much it. Awesome. Thanks again. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.